Welcome to Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree. I'm a former family caregiver and have worked in the home care industry. Now I work for the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. My co-host is Edith Gendron. She is the executive director for the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. She's a positive approach to care certified trainer and consultant and a former family caregiver. She has over 40 years of experience in the industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed belong to Edith and I, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. If you want to get mad, get mad at us and not at them. And before making any significant changes in your life or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we're going to navigate the waters of home care and home health. They sound like the same thing, but they aren't. One is paid for by insurance, another one isn't. So we're going to get into that with our guest, Amy Anglin, right after these messages. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care, the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, ADRC, has served as a Central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center. They are dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illnesses. ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skills, and strategies they need to help them confidently prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit the website adrccares.org. And we are back with Amy Anglin. She is with Pinnacle Home Care, and you've worked in the medical field in marketing and sales for over 20 years. That's correct. Yeah, you know your stuff because we've worked together. Uh, you've sold medical equipment, pediatric home health, diagnostic imaging, senior home care, and now home health. So the reason we fall into the world of home care and home health, I think for most people, is a senior loved one has been hospitalized. And you know they need more help when they go home. And you think, oh, it's all going to be paid for by health insurance. And that's when we trip up and find out there's two different worlds. And you're in the home health world. Correct. Okay. So home health, I think the one thing we could say about that to clarify is that it's clinical. Yes. Okay. Yes. So tell me all about home health. So like you mentioned previously, home health is covered by insurance. And what our services are that they entail is nursing, therapy, meaning physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. We also do wound care in the home as well as IV hydration or IV therapy as well, meaning if there's a infection where you need to have IVs and you've been in the hospital and you have wanting to get home, then uh, we can do that in the home. So these are things that would normally take place in a doctor's office or the hospital, but you're well enough to go home, but you still need these particular functions. Correct. And when I mentioned therapy previously, I'm sure people have seen or been aware of outpatient therapy, which there are plenty of companies that do that. 
typically what makes you qualify for home care, and you do need to qualify for it, is it needs to be a taxing effort to leave your home. That doesn't mean you can't leave your home, and you'll hear the words homebound. Um, it's confusing at times for mm-hmm. people to think, oh, well, um, I'm not homebound, so I, I don't qualify. That's not true. If you use an assistive device or it is a taxing effort for you to leave, that doesn't mean you can't leave. You can go to the grocery store. You can go to church. You can go um, get your hair done. If you're working a full-time job or you're going to play golf once a week, that is not considered homebound. Okay. So an assistive device could be a walker? A walker, a cane, um, a wheelchair, anything like that. What if you don't have the ability to drive because of your illness that you're having therapy for, or you just don't drive? Is that going to qualify you automatically or no? Not necessarily. If you don't drive, that might um, if you can't drive, it's going to be determining as to why you can't drive. So there are some factors. It's not a necessarily across the board, can't do it. Because again, when I mentioned homebound, I mean, you still can go places. If you don't have someone that can take you, it doesn't, again, necessarily mean you're homebound. If you can ride the bus or you can have a friend take you or a loved one that can, you know, be something that they look at. But we do all of those kind of evaluations ahead of time. That way it's not up to the individual to decide, well, I don't know if I'm homebound or I'm not sure we can help with that assessment. With regard to having um, a family member that doesn't live in the house, but very nearby, that scenario, which is kind of frequent here in Florida. Very much. Who decides, let's use this scenario, the person, the patient is prescribed therapy of some sort, um, the doctor has also said, but you can't drive for six or eight weeks. And the, then they say, but we know you've got a kid that lives around the corner so they can bring you. Who gets to say no or yes to that? Typically, it's our, if we were to come out and do an assessment, because that's what we do every single time we come out and see a patient in their home, we assess the situation. And the nurses will say, we'll let you know, you know, yeah, you, you don't qualify because our, and they'll give examples as to why. Um, most of the time in the situation you're describing, the loved one that lives right down the street has a full-time job, you know, or has grandkids that they're taking care of or whatever the case may be. So most of the time that person is considered homebound, especially if the doctor says, look, you're not able to drive for six to eight weeks because of, you know, a knee replacement or something to that effect. So most of the time they do qualify. But I unfortunately can't say across the board, absolutely, that's a for sure. Right, right. No, understood. I just wondered that scenario crossed through my life recently, and I thought, who got to say no there? Right. <laughs> you know, right. no one did. It was assumed. Right. Um, and, it, and that is exactly the case. Around the corner, working full time, but now he has to use vacation to, right. to do this transport. Right. Thank you. Sure. So the person who's recently had a surgery say, and they are opting into going to the physical therapy place. Right. It's not a store, but a place. Um, that's because they can still get up around and driving. And well, let's say, let's say that particular individual can't drive because again, okay. because of the surgery, but they have a spouse who could be retired and lives at home with them. And it's not a big deal for them to take them to and from those therapies. Now, I will say something that is, um, and it's not exactly what we're discussing, but 
typically when someone has a surgery, like say they break a hip or something like that and mm-hmm. they're in the hospital, I try to encourage people as much as they can to do the inpatient therapy for a certain period of time. And the reason I say that is because in those situations, you get therapy every single day. With home care, you're not going to get a therapist come to your home every single day. It will be once to twice a week, and they will go over the exercises that you're to be doing. And the days that they are not there, you're still expected to do those therapies. Typically, what Medicare pays for is for our nurses and therapists to come out and teach and train. So they're either going to teach and train the individual or they're going to teach and train a family or care, family member or caregiver in the home. And they just expect you to do your exercises on the days that you aren't there. Correct. And I know human nature is, I'll just wait for the therapist to come back. But uh, nobody I've ever talked to said, wow, rehab, what a blast. Correct. I loved it. But I think being there, like you said, and having to do it every day, and then you get the extra motivation of you get to go home. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. You tend to get better results. And it also gets you in the mindset of, I'm doing it every day. So when I'm home, I don't want to go back there. So in order for me to not go back there, I'm going to have to do this every single day. And I'm going to have to get stronger so that I stay here at home and not end up back in the hospital or back in that rehab. I like that. Roommate situation is never (laughs) ideal. (laughs) But that's, yeah, again, the psychological, I don't want to go back to rehab. Correct. I love that. So here's a situation. Um, Mom has been in the hospital maybe because of a fall. The daughter's been very stressed out. Uh, They're discharging her, and they say we're going to send her home with home health. So the daughter thinks, oh, good, I'm off the hook for taking care of mom. That is not the case. No, that is not the case. Um, So I, I hear this frequently. I've been off of work for X amount of days. I need to go back so I can keep my job. Now that my mom or dad is going home, who's going to be there and cook their meals and give them baths and make sure they're taking their medications and all of those things that need to happen? Unfortunately, that is not covered under insurance. That is something that is an available service, but it has to be paid for out of pocket. Yeah, that's mostly a private pay. Correct. And it is not a cheap private pay, but that's what we would call home care. Correct. That you don't need a prescription for. And it can be walking the dog, cooking the meals, taking out the trash, housekeeping, bathing, all that other non-medical stuff. Sometimes it's called unskilled. I don't love that word, but that's what they call it, unskilled help. But home health is what is covered for the above 65 crowd by Medicare. Right. And it's typically only one to two days a week, and it's only for about 20 to 30 minutes at a time. And again, their main objective is to teach and train so that when the when, when we discharge that, and it's typically about 30 days, it can always last longer depending on we have to reevaluate the individual after 30 days. But our job is to make sure that we are showing progress. We can't just stay there forever because it's comfortable for the individual. We have to prove that what we're doing is actually making a difference or we have to discharge the patient. Let me veer off just a minute. Look out for me. I do this too often. Into the scenarios you're describing. Someone needs a a formal therapy as ordered by the physician. And there's where I'm going to get tricky. To improve the quality of their body their muscles, their gait, their stability. 
but they have Alzheimer's disease. Sometimes we will get families calling us and saying they won't let my mom have PT because they say she can't learn anything because she has Alzheimer's disease. While that is clinically incorrect, my question is, even if someone has Alzheimer's disease, their body can still benefit from physical therapy in this example or occupational therapy. Correct, correct. And what would happen in those type of situations is it wouldn't just be the individual that we would be doing the therapy with, that family member or caregiver that would be there in the home. We would, again, teach and train them so that on the days that we aren't there, if there's manipulations of the patient's legs or arms or anything with therapies concerned, that caregiver would then do that because nobody wants their self to atrophy or, or their loved one's body right. to atrophy. So that would be part of what we would do. And in those type of situations, more than likely because of the diagnosis, we could do something a little more specialized to the individual where we might come, we might come two or three times a week at the very beginning. But as time progresses and we're noticing that the caregiver might need to have a little more education as far as what needs to be done, that would be something where we could keep on a more of a long-term basis, but it wouldn't be as frequent or as much, again, because of the diagnosis of the patient. Thank you. Good to know. Good to know. So your discharge day, which they say you're getting discharged, so you sit like a five-year-old on Christmas morning waiting to go, and then you wait for seven hours or so. Um, they come in and they say you're going to get home health from X company. Yes. Do you have to go with X company? You do not. This is very much determined by your insurance. If you are a Medicare, and I mean the traditional red, white, and blue Medicare A, B, C card holder, it is your choice every time, all the time. A lot of times hospital companies have or hospitals have their own companies and they try to steer people one way or another to that company. Um, But it is 100% your choice if you have Medicare. Some other insurances, you don't have that luxury. You have to go with who they have a contract with. But Medicare, everybody, everybody, every home care company will accept. Okay. So like a Medicare Advantage plan, you may not have that freedom. You will not have that freedom with a Medicare Advantage plan. Um, with a Cigna plan, with a Humana plan, with an Aetna plan. Um, it might say Medicare Advantage, but the advantage is always to that company and not necessarily the individual well, because that's you are way to put it. You are very limited mm-hmm. um, as to what you are allowed to do, where if it's the traditional Medicare, you have much more choices with hospital stays, with rehabs, as well as home care companies. Okay. So if they say, I've got Medicare and I got my supplement and all is good, and they say, you are going with XYZ company, and you're like, you know what? I've worked with Pinnacle before. I'd like to go with them. They have to do that. Yes, they do. And if for some reason they do not, um, you can always call your home care company and say, hey, I've had you guys before, and this has happened to me just recently. Um, I've had you guys before. I love my therapist. They they feel like family to me. I want you guys back. That's not a problem. We can come out and make the switch, and no one should be forced to have any home care company that they don't like okay. for any reason. 
One of the things that comes up, can, can you tell I'm the problem person because those are the calls we get, yes. is just exactly what Robin's described. Um, you're discharged, you will use XYZ company, and the patient says, no, I want Pinnacle, but I'm on an Advantage plan. Right. And although we've never had this exact scenario, one of the things I might suggest they do is to call Kepro. That's my kind of secret weapon in our back pocket, the oversight for Medicare. And tell Kepro, I'm being forced into XYZ company, but, and for those very reasons, it could even be something like, you know, uh, my former student is there or whatever. I've had good service from them before. And depending on certain factors, and they vary case by case, Kepro can, can choose to step in and say, in this instance, for Sally Elder, she is going to go with Pinnacle. Have you ever had that experience where Kepro overrode the contractual requirements of an Advantage plan? So are you saying that Kepro can switch the patient to a Medicare plan, or they stay with their Advantage plan and then they would be... In, in this scenario, I'm saying they stay with their Advantage plan, but they are carved out for a non-contract provider because they the patient made a good enough argument. I have not ever been aware of a situation like that. Typically, wondered. what would happen in that type of situation is they would switch to Medicare, and the only way, again, they would be able to somebody would mm -hmm. could step in and say, yes, we'll right. switch for you. And then typically what happens with Medicare is that that plan does not become effective until the first of the next month. The following month. Right. Yeah. So you could switch it on day two or you could switch it on day 30, but it still wouldn't come into play until right. the first of the next okay. month. Okay. There's just so many, I'm going to say, complicating factors or nuances. And one of the things we do at ADRC, yes, it is primarily in the world of dementia, but we're also advocates for elders. Hence, Informed aging, not informed dementia. Right. 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 And elders getting the care they need is a more frightening challenge than I ever thought it could be until mm, we started looking at it. Absolutely. And the first of the year is always a massive switch of people switching as of January 1st to a different plan, whether it be an advantage plan or, or what the case may be. And the problem is these plans are wonderful unless you need them. And the moment you need them, they don't pay. And the carrot that is dangled in front of our elderly people, which is that we will give you X amount of dollars per month to go to CVS or go to Walgreens and get free Vicks Vaporub and Band-Aids and Advil. And the problem is you have to stock up on that stuff because once you're in the hospital, you're not, once you're home, you're not getting anything else. So it's very tricky. Or to me, it's false advertising is what's happening because, mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to pay less money, there's a, there's a catch. And that's the catch. If you fall and hurt yourself and unfortunately, we're all aging and we're no one's going to get younger and no one's going to get sprier. And so that's just it's one of those things that's going to happen. And when it does, who's, who's going to be there for you? And it's not going to be these Advantage plans. It's just they mm -hmm. aren't. I've had elders say to me, and when I say elder, I mean somebody um, over 65. Nobody checked with me to decide that that was an elder. But anyway, <laughs> that's the standard. Um, say things to me like, you know, um, I have that card and I can go to Walmart and I can get free veggies. But, you know, I don't need all that. And all I'm going to say is do not. 
leave money on the table. Correct. Period. Correct. Find a way to use it. Right. Because if you don't use it, it goes in their pocket. Well, and the other thing, too, is things can happen on a dime. You know, I just recently had a situation where my dad was very healthy and, you know, just in October got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, perfectly healthy, not on any medication. Blood pressure was great. Cholesterol was fantastic. Exercising every day. I mm. mean, very agile, 79 years old. He passed away in less than two months because of that. And nobody could foresee that. So these are just things. And these are things I'm bringing up because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, as our bodies get older and age, things happen. And that's just part of how we're built. A friend of ours who's also on our board, um, almost the same story with not the same ending, though. Um, husband went in for a VA-required scan based on where he had been, just a standard basic scan, no symptoms, no anything, and turned up with a mass in his kid. Mm. So you don't know. You don't. Today is today. Right. Tomorrow is the great unknown. But Correct. anyway. If you have chosen a Medicare Advantage plan and are now thinking, maybe I should go back to Medicare, can you do that? Um, typically, you cannot unless you have open enrollment. Now, okay. there are some extenuating circumstances, and that would be who I would I would check in, you know, mm -hmm. with the company mm -hmm. that you had mentioned before, or, right? Yeah, or things like that. There are certain circumstances and certain diagnoses that can have you qualified to do that. Right. Typically, though, it's only you can only change during open enrollment. And if you didn't choose it, and I learned this myself, if you didn't choose it out of the gate, you may have to pay some sort of I'm going to use the word fine and acknowledge mm -hmm. that that's mm -hmm. not right, or some sort of penalty for not having chosen it because maybe you're type 2 diabetic or what have you. So yes, you can, but don't just assume, phew, because you might have to pay extra or do some extra things. Right. So if you're 64 and a half years old right now, think Medicare with the supplement. Correct. And with, with home care services, are, um, and as much as we're involved in it, we don't care about your supplement. Hun Medicare pays it at 100%. So it doesn't matter what your supplement is for our services. For home yes. health. Now, it will 100% matter for, you know, your medications and things like that. But as far as our services are concerned, your primary insurance, if it's Medicare, it's covered at 100%. Now, we've had physical therapists on before that have said, if you're a little fearful of, your, I'm not, not as steady on my feet. You could tell your doctor that and he could prescribe your services. 100%. And because we are covered under insurances, we have to have a prescription for that. We typically will require a prescription. We require the demographics of the individual. And then we require the last visit note from the physician. So we have to show Medicare why, we're, why this is happening and we have to prove that is needed for the patient. Okay. And finally, just some tips on how to be a good home health patient. I think flexible comes to mind because your person, your therapist may be coming around too. And so that's like a two to four hour window. Well, typically what we do um, when we get a prescription for, for a patient, we go out between 24 to 48 hours. So we're going to be out there relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, typically also what happens is the nurse or therapist will call you the evening before and give you a window. We're not like the cable company. We don't give you that big of a window, okay. Okay. but it'll be like an hour window between okay. eight and nine or 10 and 11. And then if for some reason and unforeseen things happen when we're on, in a patient's home, we will call and let you know 
hey, I'm so sorry, we're going to be running 45 minutes behind or something to that matter. So there's good communication between that. If you're with a good company. Correct. Let's say that. That's true. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Sometimes, too, I think our um, people that are receiving that service have to realize that Maybe the therapist's car broke down or something happened in their personal life, so you're going to get somebody different. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, you just and we have do, to remain open-minded. Right. We do try to make sure that we have a consistent, the same person. Um, but when we come out and do the initial assessment, they'll typically assign somebody after that. So the first person you see may not be the person that you see right. every single time. And that you're makes right. Sense. Somebody goes on vacation. Somebody gets sick. Somebody's child gets sick. You know, somebody's car breaks down. You know, we don't want you to be without anybody. So we will sometimes have to substitute. But typically, we try to keep the consistent person in the home. And, and simply do the work, right? Do, right. Do what you were do assigned. Do the work. Correct. Correct. Yes. And, and if, it's, if you have a loved one that you're noticing is hesitant... Um, it, you know, think of things to motivate them. And one of the biggest ones is you don't want to go back to where you were. We right. don't want to, we don't want to be in the hospital. That's never a fun time. We want to stay home and be with our families. Right. I love it. Amy, thank you so much. How can people reach out to you and uh, get Pinnacle services? Well, the biggest thing is you would have to reach out to your physician okay. and tell them you would like Pinnacle services. Typically, most of the physicians in this area will have a Pinnacle rep. But um, you can reach out to me directly at 407-421-0373. And if you call that number, you will get me directly. All right. We will put that in the show notes. Do you have an area that you cover? Oftentimes, you know, we, we will ask people, like, where, where can you cover? Can you cover downtown Orlando? Can you cover Volusia County? Do you have an area? So typically with uh, Pinnacle Services, we cover all of Florida with the exception of a little bit of the Panhandle and uh, Miami-Dade County we don't cover. So the, the very bottom and the little tippy top, but everything else in between. All right. Good to know. We have coverage. Thank you so much for being here. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, Informed Aging. Tell your family and friends about us. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Informed Aging. Today's episode was recorded at Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio. That's all for now. Looking forward to our next visits.